Hey guys, this is Ira Colmer, the founder of Fluent Hustle. We're live here on set at Capital One Cafe on Pearl Street in Boulder, Colorado, as we continue our financial confidence and money series. We have Sean Raleigh, Capital One Cafe's national cafe executive, uh, Carmen Sulo, Capital One Cafe's money coach lead, and our guest today is Christopher Leno, uh, co-owner and franchise partner at Blow Blow Dry Bar. Fluent Hustle believes in empowering entrepreneurs via community of trust, sharing, learning, and growth to ensure entrepreneurial success and personal fulfillment is achieved. Capital One Cafe believes in empowering people to feel confident about the relationship with money by leveraging resources to solve their money problems and help them reach their financial goals. Both Fluent Hustle and Capital One Cafe are focused on helping people develop important life skills. Fluent Hustle wants to help entrepreneurs build their business, their network, and their world, and Capital One Cafe wants to help people take control of their personal finances and achieve their goals. This is the first time that we've had a different location, so we're in the iconic Pearl Street Cafe in Boulder, Colorado. Um, super excited to uh, have Sean Raleigh here that's come in to talk about his experiences and transition with the Capital One Cafe brand. Uh, you've been here uh, with Capital One Cafe for 15 years. Congratulations on your anniversary. Thanks. And um, you've come through the beginning of working in the call center, um, you know, entry-level uh, position, uh, working part-time, and I really want to talk about that transition and how you've grown to a very successful, not just a job, but a career. Um, but also having a career with the tune ear of understanding the importance of the customer. And you took hundreds of phone calls, most likely thousands of phone calls. Um, and you, when you and I were speaking earlier, that resonated with me. And I see that from your ambassadors, from your leads, um, to, you know, the, to the managers. Um, and, and every level is that you really are focusing on ensuring that the customer always wins. So let's talk about your journey and how you got involved. Um, you know, we'll get some key points back you know, on the project you worked with in Chicago as well, but I, I want to hear about the call center experience yeah. and what does that most mean to you right now today um, and where you are? Thanks, Eric. Uh, glad to be here in Boulder. And uh, you're, you're right, I started with uh, Capital One or at the time ING Direct about 15 years ago. Uh, I was uh, going to, to college and needed a part-time job. Uh, and thought it was something different in terms of approaching banking. At the time, I was going to school for marketing and working for some nonprofits, but it really appealed to me to, to kind of be a challenger bank in something different. Um, so I worked in a contact center, fielding phone calls from customers all across the country uh, that had questions about online banking. Um, you know, back in 2003, online banking was not as prevalent as it was today. Right. So most of those calls were, is it safe? How does it work? Uh, what do I do? Where do I go? Where's my money at? You know, where's the vault? <laughs> Um, but it really gave me an appreciation and uh, you know an experience uh, to, to really find out what, what matters to customers and you know what customers want when it comes to their relationship with their money and, and how we can help them in, in new and better ways than, than what traditional banks of the past have done. It's funny you say where's the vault um, because when you come to a Capital One Cafe now that questions come up to me many times They're like Ira where's the vault where's the vault I'm like honestly I don't know if there's even a vault here um, <laughs> but you know you're coming from the call center listening to that and many many years later um, you know, going from the online banking and the technology pushing ahead, um, why is it important for customers to come to a place that they feel safe and, and confident um, with the relationship with the bank they have going on? Well, I mean, I think, you know, with certain things in life, you really need that, that human interaction. And money is one of those things that is very, very important. Um, it's stressful and it's, it's really, really important. And although most of our customers uh, bank online or bank, you know, kind of on their mobile phone or uh, you know, on, on a website every single week. Uh, most of those customers, about 90% of them, still tell us that having a physical location is still very, very important mm. to them. So 
the cafes are, are really a chance for us to blend that, that high tech, those great products, that great experience, that you know, bank that, that is in your pocket, along with a human interaction, somebody that can be there in that moment that you need it, uh, someone that can help you with that complicated relationship that, that is modern. So you have, what, 33 locations nationwide right now? Yeah, 34. 34. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and every location is unique. And I want to talk about Chicago. That's where I'm from. And I remember walking down, was it Chestnut? Chestnut, yeah. And, and seeing the ING Direct uh, Cafe at the time. And I don't remember what year it was, but it had probably been, what, seven years ago maybe? Um, and realizing what the heck is this place? And as a big, you know, orange uh, you know, ball as a logo and things like that. Um, but then, you know, growing from that and that being a major project for you um, you know, at the time, you know, you know, within your career, and then understanding that there's a brand with a Capital One Cafe that everyone wants to expect consistency, but there's also characteristics of each branch having their own. Um, how, why is that important in terms of making sure that you bring the brand into the community and become the community as opposed to trying to make the community become the brand? Yeah, I mean, uh, that location is near and dear to my heart. That was a location that I opened up uh, way back in 2006 or 2007 in, in the Gold Coast in Chicago. Uh, we've since relocated to Lincoln Park, and I, I know you had a part in that location too, so uh, thanks for your support. But that is kind of what makes us unique, is that when we're going into new markets, uh, we take an approach and, and we try to listen to customers and talk to customers and find out uh, where is it that we can kind of meet them so that we're more of a bank that can be on their terms, not the other way around. And, um, we take that philosophy through the design of our locations, uh, where they're at, um, you know, how we want that experience to resonate. And um, there's nowhere better to see that than, than here in Boulder, right? We're right here on Pearl Street. It's an iconic location. Uh, my first time to, to Boulder, I was actually at a gift shop down the street and uh, they had a postcard that literally had the outside of this, this cafe uh, as a storefront with Welcome to Boulder on it. Wow. And very right nostalgic. there was like, you know, oh my gosh, this is something very, very important. This is the fabric of the community and we need to make sure we take that seriously and, and we become a member of the community that we serve. So um, that's why you see uh, things here look and feel like the uh, the original architecture on, on Pearl Street and, you know, why we really, really, um, you know, pride ourselves on, on rolling up our sleeves and, and, and kind of becoming a member of the community right away. Let's talk about the customer experience again. Um, from speaking to you know your, your teams and and everyone really is is, a, is impressed upon making sure that the customer experience is top notch. Where does that come from? Um, I mean, I think that comes from the ambassadors themselves and the conversations that they had with customers. Um, every time we can help a customer on their financial journey with money, I think that's validation to, to we're on the right track, and that makes you that much more excited to have that conversation with someone new. Uh, the thing about banks is. You know, we, we are changing up kind of the, the normal game plan. And that's such a fun, exciting experience to introduce people to that for the first time. Um, and seeing it here uh, come to life as people come through the doors and say, you know, what is this place? This, this, this doesn't feel like a normal bank. Uh, it's such an opportunity for us to, uh, you know, have a deeper conversation with them and meet them on their terms and, and uh, you know, help reset their expectation of banking. And, you know, through the, I think we've been in three different locations now, um, and, and everyone's, like I said, is different, but I can sit back and just see the, the, the engagement that you're having with the customers. It's uplifting, it's positive, you see laughter, um, you know, even in situations that is, there's some desperation, there's some problems going on, and your ambassadors are really taking, you know, um, you know bulls by the horn and making sure that the comfort level of that customer uh, can always remain in a positive and, and memorable situation when they're walking out of it on an ongoing basis. So um, I commend you, you know, I say this over and over again, but I commend you and your team for continuing to try and, and have that experience um, you know, with every customer that walks in here. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. I mean, it's amazing what you can do with a simple cup of coffee and a conversation. And I think 
you know, blending that human element with the right products and the right experiences is where that magic happens. So, uh, you know, we, we really appreciate uh, local partners like yourself and uh, having the chance to kind of advocate for us and, and having a chance for, for us to do things like this to, to really be a platform uh, to really showcase the value that, that's out there in our communities. So what's next? Uh, well, what's next is, is we want to keep on going and keep on growing. I think, uh, again, we, we spend a lot of time listening to, to our customers. Uh, we use these locations to find out what customers need, uh, wh where they're at with their relationship with money, and kind of helps uh, hone in what's, what's next for our locations and our products and our technology. Uh, we're, we're doing incredibly well and very optimistic, and, and I think what's next is we'll continue to expand this to, to new markets. Yeah. Uh, really, really excited. We just opened up uh, our 34th location, so uh, we're now in Chinatown in Washington, D.C., and uh, you know, just another amazing location that is very, very much a part of the community, and, and we can't wait to, to continue that relationship and, and the, the future locations to come. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Carmen, um, you know, I, I've said this with, with, with Amy, uh, you, you have an incredible job. You have an incredible experience. Um, you know, before the show, I was able to sit in on a coaching workshop and, and everyone is different. And, you know, I just want to, you know, make a, an, an announcement about, you know, the questions you're asking and making people feel comfortable. And your background is pretty unique as well, right? So you're coming from an IT background um, and now you're in, you know, uh, you know life coaching. Um, what was that, that transition to, you know, go from, you know, your, your, your past corporate experiences to now being, you know, a, a life coach, but more important, a money coach. And what does that mean to you to really help out the customers and finding that direction uh, that we all need? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, this is really about finding Capital One has been a place where I've been able to explore a lot of things that were important to me um, and coming to understand my own leadership and my own way of being in the world. Um, and that led me down into a path of coaching. Um, and it led me to pursue uh, coaching in general. And then money coaching was a way to really be able to have that impact at a much broader level with so many more people. We have, um, we just hired our 22nd money coach. So we have 22 money coaches across the country that are offering free, absolutely free, no strings attached, coaching to anyone, whether they're a customer or not. It is so powerful to see the impact that we have on the customers that we coach, on the cafes that we're in, on the uh, ambassadors, people who are proud to be able to offer the service. Um, even for people, whether they're interested in coaching or not, there's this wonderful experience of knowing that we're here, knowing that we're here to help them, um, and that we're here to help the communities and grow our communities to be a stronger place. At the end of the day, a stronger community is a good place for all of us to be doing business. Um, and I'm just really proud and delighted that that's a thing that I get to, I get to participate in. Well, that shines. I mean, sitting back and participating in the workshop, but then also just listening to the, the other participants as well, um, you know, that really shines. And, you know, you have a background that we're working with small businesses, community leaders, uh, women and families, um, you know, cultivating a network um, of individuals. And it seems like, you know, you have a very broad um, range of experiences to make sure that any person that does come in, you are, you're, you've been relatable to them. And I noticed that right out the, you know, the gates and then having that workshop with you. Um, and, and the exercise that we did uh, that you, you came up with um, was about, you know, if you were to receive an award, a Lifetime Achievement Award, what does that look like? Um, when you're on stage accepting that award, um, you know, what do you say? And that really, that, that was cool. That was a cool experience. I'm glad we were able to go walk through that. But can you share that, that purpose behind why you asked that question? Sure. I mean, I think one of, what, one of the things that we do in coaching in general is trying to get us to a place where we can set a vision. Where is it that we're trying to be with, with, in our lives? You know, money is just one part of our life and it touches so many parts of our lives. It's a tool for achieving something. So if we can start from the place of where is it that we wanna be, then it's 
we can be much more expansive about how did we get there, right? So if we start from a place of your Lifetime Achievement Award and then look back and say, what are the things that you're most proud of? What are the things that you did? Who helped you? What was in your network of support to get you where you are? Where you are? Who do you want to thank at this point? You're coming at it from a place of already being proud and happy. Um, if we come at it from the other direction, I think if we come at it from where we are today, sometimes it's harder to see those things. That story is a little bit harder to paint. So really that vision, that first part of coaching, which is really about setting a vision, where is it that I want to be in, in life with my money, and then looking back, can be a really powerful way of changing, changing the script. What's the key aspect that you want your money coaches to, to really understand and follow uh, when they're working with the customers? Um, and and there's got to be some type of consistency that making sure that no matter where they go, uh, but what's most important to you to make sure that your money coaches are, are taking that lead on? That's just a great question. Um, I think there's a, there's a couple of things. One is all of our coaches are have gone through an ICF certified program of some sort. So we adhere to a set of core competencies and the code of ethics that's similar across all of them. Um, and in that, uh, there are a couple of elements that I think are really important and tie well to the cafe brand. Um, some of that is wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. We meet our customers where they are, right? So it's a judgment-free space. You come to us and, and we're gonna meet you there. Um, so that's one thing. And that's natural to all of, all of our coaches. The second thing is really making sure that we're serving the person in the room at all times, right? Um, a lot of people come into, into coaching and they want to know, you know, what's, what's in it for you? Um, what can I do in return? This is it, right? We really want to be fully in service of the person in the room. And when I feel proud of that, when I feel proud that I get to be of service, it shows up in how I'm serving others. Right. Um, and I think we see that in every element of our organization, right? We see it in our ambassadors, um, and it's certainly something that we model as money coaches as well. So a couple people have come here today, and um, they're like, I didn't even know money coaching was an option after talking to you know, an ambassador. Um, what do you say to someone who doesn't understand that money coaching is a resource through Capital One Cafe, um, and how do you encourage them to just take advantage of the free resources you're able to provide to them? What's great about, one of the things that's great about my job is I don't have to sell it, right? It is what it is, and I get to show up and be exactly who I am, and most of the time that creates enough curiosity itself where people want to know what's about, what is it about that? Um, where did you get this? So most of our ambassadors, most of our cafe coaches, they have a story that they're telling, and that story is a compelling story. I really think that the conversation about money coaching, just knowing that it's there, is already lifting, it's already uplifting to our community, whether we take advantage of it or not. And then having personal stories around it, having somebody that we know that we're serving that it's, that it's helpful to, um, that's just, that's the icing on the cake. I know, Sean, um, you had mentioned that, you know, money is a difficult conversation um, and it's, uh, it can be, you know, heavy on the heart, um, whether it's an individual, whether it's a family, whether it's a partnership. Um, how do you make it just easier to let people know that it's okay to talk about money and it's okay to just face the reality that, you know, we, it's a currency that we're trying to, to work with in our lives. Um, and, and how do you make sure that the ambassador is able to have that conversation on their end and make sure that the, the money coach is able to, to, to merge those together? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like Karma said, it's, it's really about meeting the customer where they're at. Um, I think our customers uh, immediately feel a little more relaxed in our space because our ambassadors, our money coaches, everyone here is, is here to help you and not sell you. Um, and, and that's a huge start, right? It's just to start with that relationship of trust. And, and I think the second part is, is to start to rethink about 
what does relationship with money mean? Because when we talk about money coaching, we talk about meeting customers where they're at, it's less of the, do I have enough saved for retirement? Yeah. And it's more about, how do you feel about your retirement right now? Do you feel like you're in control of that or not? Or, you know, uh, instead of thinking, you know, what, what is that, uh, you know, budgeting workshop that I need to go to tomorrow? It's actually about, how do you feel about budgeting right now? When's the last time that you did something like this? What's the last transaction that you made that you felt really proud of or not proud of? Um, and it's, it's funny for me personally, I've gone through a couple money coaching sessions uh, and it's really helped me not only personally, but as a dad, I mean, I've got a four and a six year old at home yeah. and the way I talk to them and I really want them to be comfortable talking about money is completely different because of these sessions that I'm going through. And I'm realizing I really want to make sure that they always feel like they have an open, great environment to learn and talk about money like they would anything else. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, means something different to everybody, but that's that's the great thing of, of meeting customer on their terms. See, that story right there is the part that resonates with me, right? So um, the fact that it changes how you are as a dad and it's enhancing how you are as a dad, that's what we're in it for, right? right? And that power, um, it extends throughout, you know, um, your children are gonna grow up in a different way um, and they're gonna be able to see others. My children are gonna benefit from this experience that we offer everyone. That's why I'm here, that's why I do it. Well, since the show, my mom has gone to one uh, money coaching session um, and it, it was phenomenal. You know, it was something that, you know, growing up, that wasn't always a conversation that we had, especially around the values and understanding and that every person is different, right? Like, you know, how you speak to your children about the conversation is from your perspective, but how they listen to it is coming to their own conclusion, you know, down the road. And, you know, things that she came back with and, you know, really understanding like what's most important to her. Not me, not the money coach, not the bank, um, but what's really most important to her. And then her be able to fight over those limited beliefs that she might be struggling with. And that everyone has limited beliefs around money, um, around life. And it's just about being aware of that and understanding what's going on. So for me to take it personally, to, to go through the, the workshops, uh, but then also introduce my mom into it. Now we're having a conversation that's a whole different level. Um, and it's, it's been very meaningful for me as well. So uh, let's get Christopher up here. Uh, thank you, Sean. We appreciate it. Um, Christopher has a phenomenal story. Looking forward to you know, really getting into the trenches with this. Thank you very much for, for coming on board with us. Pleasure. So um, your background, uh, you and uh, John Hernandez, your partner, are co-founders and leaders of the Marlin Group Limited Liability Company. Um, and you guys work together uh, with the Blow Multi-Unit Franchise Partners, um, along with Blow Dry Bar corporate staff to lead divisions and development of two amazing locations you have underway. One is here in Boulder, the next one's coming up um, in Denver pretty soon. And you have a very, very strong corporate background. Um, you and John both have a very, very strong corporate background. And you know, I wanna learn more about you know, what steps did you take to get into business? Um, what did you learn from the corporate experiences and how were you able to balance that out? Uh, to, and, and really key is making a decision to get into a franchise as opposed to just simply doing it completely on your own by creating a brand new brand. So I probably asked three different questions right then and there. Oh, um, but let, let's talk about the journey and, and, and you know, from, from your background and then that transition to, you know, uh, with, with you and John to say, hey, let's get into business. Yeah, so I, I come uh, with about 15 years of corporate experience. Uh, and uh, my husband and I uh, were living in Albuquerque about two years ago when uh, he ended up being laid off from his job. And that uh, opened our eyes to the opportunities that could present themselves in the sense of owning our own business, kind of creating our own future, kind of driving our own sense of success, mm. more so than what probably corporate America would provide for mm -hmm. us. Uh, 
obviously corporate America can provide some stability, that constant paycheck, uh, those benefits that come along with that from health insurance to pensions for those that have those still out there to uh, other things uh, you know, that corporate America provides. Uh, and as a small business owner, you know, your risk is significantly higher when it comes to uh, you know, not having those opportunities to, to look to a corporate job to continue to provide for you. So we decided to uh, take the risk uh, where I am able to leave my corporate job and then uh, fall back on my husband who did get another job uh, and we are able to slim down our expenses and, and start a business. And what that business was going to be, we weren't even quite sure at that time. <laughs> uh, you know, we all kind of have visions in our mind about what we like to do uh, and what, you know, what is what we've done in our past, what, what things we are good at. And so we kind of set out to turn every stone over when looking at a business. Uh, we hired a broker uh, to look at businesses that were currently for sale. Uh, we looked at a couple different types of businesses. Uh, and then we hired a franchise broker who then helped us do an, an, a complete analysis on our personalities, our background, uh, how much assets, you know, look at the whole picture of our lives and where we kind of wanted to go in the next five years, next 10 years, 20 years to try to create that success for us. And we found that to be extremely helpful in, in leading us to the path of where we finalized with Blow Blow Dry Bar and becoming uh, the multi-unit franchise developers for Colorado. Um, Blow has provided us a really great support uh, in the sense of, uh, you know, that we now have almost 100 locations open US-wide. There is, every location is owned by a franchisee. Mm -hmm. uh, so that franchisee uh, group of individuals have experienced so much that I'm able to to use them as mentors and as well as become a mentor for others. Uh, I also have corporate office to be able to call and uh, they maintain the brand, the feel, the look of, of the service. Uh, they have all the processes already created for you. Uh, they, they know the ins and outs of the business as they've been in it for, for the the 10 years that they've, they've been in this specific business. And that's really why we chose a franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, franchise provides that for you. Uh, specifically, this franchise is now a medium-sized franchise. I do sit on their uh, franchise uh, support committee so I can provide feedback to, to the corporate offices based on my experiences, as well as other, other franchise partners in the business that do this as well. Um, so, yeah. And that's, I don't know if that even answered any of your questions. It, it answered a lot of questions, and it's kind know, of probably a little bit more. <laughs> well, I, I really like this cafe, by the way. It's one of your favorites, right? Oh, yeah, I come here every day, actually. <laughs> so um, now you bring that up, you know, as, a, as an individual um, and, you know, just coming to a neighboring place, what does that mean for you to walk into a cafe that's, you know, um, it's a bank, but it's a cafe? Like, like, I mean, the people here have really become family and friends. Uh, the, the staff here are genuine. Uh, they always greet you when you walk in the door. Uh, you feel like you can hang out here as long as you want, use the services that they provide you from the free Wi-Fi to the 
uh, to the great Pete's Coffee and just know that you can bring and have meetings here and meet people here and it's just a, a place to gather. Yeah. And there's never anything being pushed on you from a business perspective, uh, which really boggles my mind from a, like a profit and loss statement, but um, I'm still trying to figure that out. But uh, I, I, I really enjoy coming to, to uh, Capital One. I, I, I personally was introduced very similar to you to the concept when it was ING uh, in Philadelphia mm. before it transferred over to, to Capital One Cafe down, on, uh, down in Philly. And uh, have really enjoyed going to these locations and knowing that you could get the same experience from this location as when you come across it down in Denver or in Chicago. And, and know it's just really a great place to gather and, and learn from others. Love it. So I want to go back to um, how you chose your franchise partnership um, and going through that analysis of understanding you, know, you and John's values, understanding your personalities, finding a franchise could be a good fit for, for you. But before we get into that, I mean, you have a very strong financial background, um, you know, managing you know, multi-million dollar budgets. Um, and you know, running you know just every facet of um, you know customer experience to trainings to hiring, and different things like that. Um, how did that experience get you into the position today uh, that you guys were able to you know do a build out on your new location, um, understanding you know you're, you're recognizing your level of confidence when it comes to uh, to, to money and budgeting, um, and are, are, there, are there any personal uh, challenge that you had getting into business that you might have faced, or maybe didn't face at all. Hmm. There's challenges every day, and I, you know, we're one year in into this specific business, and we continue to learn and grow from it every day. Uh, I brought a corporate background into this business from managing people, managing budgets, uh, managing. You know the understanding of uh, how people act, what drives people, what uh, my background at uh, the company I was at prior to this was very centered around uh, understanding people mm -hmm. and understanding customs and traditions. And when you, when you can start doing that and and being very much on the forefront of understanding those needs and wants and fulfilling them. Uh, that can really drive a very successful service business. Mm. And when we started looking at what kind of franchises were out there that first uh, we could afford, second uh, kind of created a, you know, a, a feeling inside that you're like, boy, this could be really a, a successful thing. Uh, it could be a real fun thing. It could be uh, something that uh, could drive drive us to be um, you know, smarter in the end. Uh, it's, it's amazing how when you go into something and you, you leave something behind and you start something new that uh, what you thought was going to happen most likely never happens. Never happens. <laughs> and I would have never thought I'd be a bald guy owning a blow-dry bar. <laughs> yep. And yeah, and, and, and providing a, a daily service to who our main clientele is, uh, the female population, and, <laughs> and it's, it's amazing to see the smiles we put on people's faces daily. And it's 
one of those things where this is this type of business is not something that is needed. It's not a need. Right. It's truly something that is wanted. It's something that uh, is. It can be a luxury service. It can be something out there that that a certain clientele would only go to. Uh, so you you have to make sure that you know when you're building a business and you put the business in a certain market that you you have the clientele to support it based on the you know your where your goals are for the business from a financial aspect of it. Um, and we're really happy to be here on Pearl Street in Boulder with this location. It's, it's just been a, a really great year. Uh, we've, we've been very successful. We were happy to say, you know, a lot of small businesses don't break even until, you know, maybe a year in. And we were happy to say that within three months we broke even. Wow. Uh, so it, it was I think a, I deserve a round of applause for a, that. A really awesome, awesome thing. Good for you. Uh, so now that I've made two dollars, <laughs> um, still profit. <laughs> I can get a cup of coffee. There you go. I'll, um, I'll give you a free card. Thanks. <laughs> Ira, you know, you mentioned you're talking about this transition and you're talking about the risk taking associated sure. with that transition. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about before was that uh, network of support, all of the things that go into making that leap, knowing that the net is there. And so many things that you said that I just want to underscore around having the skills, the knowledge, the right people around you, um, the trust, the faith, that feeling inside that knows that it's the right thing, um, and this willingness to learn more and to, and to continue to take risks. So I think that's, that's really noteworthy as well. Yeah, for sure. As a small business owner, we for sure are are fully taking risks, and and uh, we, you know, not everyone is is capable of doing what what uh, John and I have done. Uh, we were very fortunate to be financially stable, and I, I believe you know, I, you know how I got to the point to be able to buy into a franchise and afford that and afford to take a couple of years off from making a salary uh, was really the the financial stability I already had. And that is something that, you know, if I was to say, you know, one thing out there to everyone that it's it save your pennies. It's so important uh, to to think, you know, for the future. And it's it's one of those things where if if I was to look back and and say, you know, what did I do right in corporate America mm-hmm. was maximize my 401k out. Uh, and and budget wisely. I mean, know, know your numbers, know how much you pay in rent and make sure that it fits with how much money you're making. Know how much your, your net income is when you're coming home. Uh, don't be afraid to look at your bank account and uh, also pay off your credit cards. Don't ever pay interest on credit cards, my opinion. Uh, I've always been a stickler at never Never putting money on a credit card and paying interest on that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's enough credit cards out there that have zero percent interest for a year, or whatever it is. But just don't hold any any liability over your head that you can't fully cover yourself if you don't have that asset. So that's. I think that's key. I mean, save pennies. Um, you know when you were in corporate America, did you see yourself getting into business eventually? Or was this the situation with John, um, you know, going through that unfortunate, you know, life experience that you guys came to that conclusion? So I've owned two event planning companies. I've, 
So I've always dabbled in small business, entrepreneurship, outside of corporate America. So I always had my full-time job, but I always dabbled in something else. A couple side I, hustles. Yeah, totally. I'm totally always doing something else because I was kind of, never really enjoyed working for the man um, or the lady. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, right? And, uh, and, and to be honest, you know, now that I am working for myself, there is some of those things that you're like, boy, what the heck did I just do? You know, you, and you, you, you think through that, and, and then you're, you know, at the end of the, the, the month, and you look back at your numbers, and you see the success that the business is doing, and, and we did that. I mean, it, if it wasn't for us doing that, it would have been completely different. And it, it, that's where it feeds the drive that allows me to come into work every day and keep going and keep driving the results to be more successful. Uh, because no one else is doing it except for us. Mm -hmm. And you know, I could sit at my desk at, in my corporate job, I could be there all week and just, I could sleep at my desk, shut the door, and still get paid. And now it's slightly different. Yeah, it is. Being the business owner. <laughs> it is. What lifestyle changes uh, did you adjust for? Um, you know, being in corporate America, having the side hustles. Yep. And I love that. Like, you, you learn business while still having that, that security of income coming in um, over the course of, you know, those years. Um, but when you went full-fledged into, um, you know, this, this opportunity, uh, were there any lifestyle changes that you started oh. to um, make and amend and, and be more... Um, aware of? You work all the time. The business is me. I live and breathe the business daily. Uh, I think we just started taking Sundays off from from being at this specific location. Um, but that doesn't mean we're still not working on the Sundays. Yeah. Uh, being a small business owner and, and driving, you know, the success of it, you're constantly at it all the time. And that, that's a change. I, I, in corporate America, I had every other Friday off. I took the weekends. I got you know, vacation pay. I don't have that now. Yeah. And you talk to a lot of the other franchise partners that have been in this uh, for years, and uh, you know, it's a full lifestyle change. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. you know, I go home sometimes at 3. It's nice to have, you know, to be able to leave and when you want and come when you want and know that you have you, you built a team that that can uh, you know take off some of the burden of the things that you're currently doing um, but you also pay yourself last yeah uh, and I, I find that very very important I you always take care of your employees first your customers second and then yourself third as a small business owner. Mm -hmm. And your employees are your customers as well. I mean, 100%. You're looking at both sides. You have the internal customers, your external customers, um, listening to both of where they're coming from, and you're trying to you know, find that perfect merge of opportunity to make sure that if your staff's not happy, your customers are going to be happy. Um, and, but if your customers are, are, are thriving and happy because of what your staff is going through, uh, great things happen out of that. And you know, there's, there's a lot of stress that goes along with you're, you are the, you're, you're employing them. You're providing the income so that they can pay their bills and they can eat their meals and they can get their, you know, their children off to school and and clothe their children and 
uh, continue to be happy in their life. And you know, we, we take that very seriously. And if, if an employee comes to work and isn't happy at doing what they're doing, they won't be around for much longer. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, you invest a lot of money and time into training them uh, to be successful, and especially, especially in a service business like yeah. this, uh, where it, it's just 100% it's customer interaction. It's, it, it's our employees talking to your customers, and that's, and that's the core of the service. You know, that is the core of the business. And, and so if you don't have the happiness and the, the correct type of employee base, then your business is in a service industry is 100% is null. And it's, it's, it's true, that's truly been the, the hardest part of this entire year, is, is growing your employee base to be family and to, to treat the business like it was their own. Love it. And I know that like Capital One here with their ambassadors uh, really uh, tries to in install in all of them that this is their business. This is their ownership of this space. And everyone, you make of it what you do with it, right? So you, you, it becomes a better place for everyone if, if we all are successful at, at making and doing our jobs and smiling and enjoying being there. Carmen, from, go ahead. We spoke a lot about this persistence that it takes, the hours, the effort, the continued work, the investment in time, the investment in energy and money, but also energy and um, growing your team. And you, you spoke a little bit about the resiliency of being able to see the fruit of your labor, that that helps to keep you motivated. What else do you use to, to stay resilient in your piece? Sleep. <laughs> Um, you do that. Naps. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think also, you know, stepping back and looking at it is, is a very, very important thing. And I also take reviews. When you get those customers and clients that write those reviews that are just fabulous and, it's, and you're, they're so happy in what you provided them. Um, we do a lot of weddings. We, you know, a, a lot of weddings, a lot of brides that come in, and you know, if they leave looking and feeling amazing, and it made their day, yeah. it really, you know, th those are those type of things where you're like, this is a, this is awesome. This is why we are there. We, we, uh, otherwise, it's just, you know, uh, it's it's meaningless. So if if there is meaning in the business and you and everyone gets out of it something, then that is, yeah, it's, it continues to fuel, you know, our, the, you know, the, that we're doing the right thing and we're being successful. That's great. But then you get those ones that don't write re good reviews. And that's, that's business. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. but, you, but you have to listen to those too. And, um, yeah, totally. and you know, Capital One 100%. Cafe, you know, from the ambassadors and you know, speaking to Sean is, uh, you know, much of their transitions is coming listening to the customer. You're talking about listening to the customer um, and understanding where they're coming from. And in any business, the customer always wins. Um, if they're not winning, you don't have a business, um, not, not long term. 
and you know, and then being able and willing to pivot based on what the customers are telling you within the guidelines that we all, we all have to follow within that business. But I want to come back to Carmen real quick, um, based on what uh, Christopher said. Um, you know, saving, saving your pennies, right? Um, you know, coming from a money coaching perspective, you know, a lot of people uh, feel like they have to save a ton of money every single month or every single year. Um, but you know, making those small adjustments um, around you know just saving pennies and, and understand what that can do long term. Um, what are some 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 takeaways or, or that you can give to an individual that is looking for a higher level goal, wants to go on more vacations, wants to open up a business eventually, um, maybe just simply wants to you know buy that special gift for the significant other, you know, one extra time per year. Um, you know, how, how do you help individuals understand that it's a small steps necessary to get to the big goal? You know, sometimes it is about the baby steps. What are the baby steps that we're doing for something? So being able to articulate what is it that I'm going after? What is the goal? Um, and starting there. And then understanding what are my current behaviors that I'm doing that some of them are contributing towards that goal, some of them may not be, right? And we talk a little bit about limiting beliefs, but we also have habits that get in our way too. So one of the activities that we'll often do with clients is called scale your spending and we might take a look at where are the places that we're spending money today that we have to where are the places that we're spending money that is more discretionary spending and how do i compare that to the goals that i have right so in general we often think about our discretion discretionary spending as the cost of that item right but the true cost or the full cost is also at the expense of that goal and when we can create some mindfulness and awareness around that, it really gives us agency to ask ourselves, is that really the behavior that we want? You know, what, other, what else could I do instead? The second thing, we talk a lot about values and we talk a lot about aligning our behaviors along with values and some of our spending behaviors too. In general, when, we are, when our lives are aligned with our values, we tend to feel things like fulfilled, we feel meaningful, um, we, feel, we feel things that, um, that we associate as positive experiences. And when that happens, we are able to move towards our goals more because we're not doing like the little things um, quite as often mm -hmm. that tend to pull us away from our goals. Because those, those tend to be a little short-term, yeah. short-sighted, um, that they look like a little bit, but they add up over a period of time. Just like, just like saving our pennies, our pennies add up over a period of time. Spending our pennies add up over a period of time at the expense of what we really want. You took a, a major leap of faith, um, you know, with a franchise partner, mm -hmm. and you went through countless hours, days, months, perhaps. Um, you know, why was it important for you to find a, a franchise group um, that you believed in and, and, and trust, and, and how has that panned out? You know, one year in now. You know, that's a really great question. Um, as as we're uh, we we had certain financial goals we set for ourselves and by setting those goals for ourselves it was based off of developing performance right so we had to uh, develop projections of you know what you know, our, our profit and loss statements could be like just to be able to get to where we, we could be financially meeting the mark we wanted to be at mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where we initially started, you know, obviously looking at multiple different types of businesses from a food industry uh, to retail to service industries 
and also kind of understanding, do we want to be in a, a large franchise? Do we want to be part of a small franchise? Do we want to be part of a medium franchise? And uh, you know, one word of advice, I would 100% always hire a franchise broker. Um, the one I worked with, uh, she is amazing. Uh, she sat beside me through through the some of the hardest times and and lengthiest meetings and uh, you know list was the you know brought this amazing experience and knowledge and uh, the proof is in the pudding and what we ended up selecting uh, and she listened to us and I just can't uh, say enough about you know the franchise broker part but the um, in picking blow it was a at the time we purchased, it was a, a small, growing to a medium-sized franchise. It had a very, very strong brand. It had some really great processes that you could tell that they were continuously improving on. Uh, when you when you start looking at other a lot of franchises out there, uh, it could be four locations open, and you would be opening the fifth one. And so, it's a risk tolerance when it comes to something of that nature. So you could. Uh, you don't have a lot of data that they can provide you in the, the success of the brand nationwide. Um, you also need to know that your market you're in. Yeah. So Colorado, you know, we, we're going. This business is going to be in Denver, in the Denver area. What do people want? Uh, and also, what kind of profits do we need to have based on our goals again? So we looked at the food industry. Well, the um, you know, having a lot of discussions with CEOs of franchises in the food industry, we found that uh, if you're netting 10%, uh, that's really good in the food industry. Okay, well, now I need seven locations. Yeah. And, High volume. Yeah, and I, you know, we only have so much money to be able to open so many locations. Uh, you know, retail. Well, now how are we going to compete against Amazon? in the sense of from a retail perspective. So is that a risk you're, you're willing to take from a retail perspective? So then we geared more towards the service industry. And when we started looking at multiple different brands and that uh, came across low and it not being in the Colorado market and they have been expanding rapidly and uh, they're a very smart brand. Um, and we felt very comfortable when talking to the CEO and, and the corporate offices there that they believed in us just as much as we kind of believed in them. And, you know, I, I flew out to Texas. I, I visited a lot of locations. Um, I got to the look and feel of the brand, understanding of this, you know, the, the service. Obviously, I had never partaked in a blowout or, or a updo or a makeup. And nor am I a stylist by trade in the sense of even knowing what that is. Mm -hmm and providing those services. So there was some trust factor there, you know, in, in the sense, so it's a trendy thing. It has a, a fun vibe to it. And, you know, it kind of, it piqued our interest initially. And then we, through all the phone calls, through all the research, through all of the, the performa analysis and all the different phone calls to other owners, we learned the skinnies, the goods, the bads, the, uh, you know, of, of the whole business and, we, we took the leap and we purchased in it. Uh, we bought into the family and uh, they 100% have supported us through it. Through all the tears, through all the stress, through all the, 
the weight gain, the weight loss, the, uh, the it's, it's, you know, you have to keep your shoulders high, your head up, and, and keep on going every day in this type of business. And it's, uh, it's, it's paying dividends. I love, hearing, uh, I love hearing that you found a, a partnership that you really trust in and believe in. Um, listening to your story, it, it, it be, went beyond the numbers. The numbers have to make sense. Um, but the, the relationship has to be there. And you know, I know right now and then earlier, you, know, you were talking about finding um, you know, a relationship that you can trust in, uh, you can be part of through the growth and opportunity through there. Um, and I can hear from your story that, that, that you're in a very comfortable and confident position to have the best success that you guys can have uh, with this franchise group. I'm not saying they don't roll my, their eyes when of I course. call them. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> yeah, but you call them your family. Very much so. My family rolls their eyes when I call them sometimes too. <laughs> so that's okay. Um, but there's something really beautiful about, I, I noticed you said that um, they were excited to have you as you were excited to have them. And there's that concept around shared abundance, that their success is really dependent upon yours. These are tied together. And I think this is part of what this community is all about. It's really great. So before we get to the questions uh, with our audience, um, I want to ask you, what is one piece of advice that you can give to an individual that's looking to get into business, transition from one business to another, um, or maybe it's not even, you know, business might not even be an option for them, but just a, a life, uh, you know, advice that you can give to them? No, so I, I there is some risk tolerance I have. You know, I. You know, there, there's a certain level of uh, st stability in everyone's, you know, demeanor where, where we get comfortable in our shoes, where, you know, we, we get into something and uh, we're, we're not willing or ready to take a leap of faith or, or take that risk. And I, I don't think I would have ever been able to take this such a risk that I've done, that we've done as a family. Uh, if it wasn't for our s stability that we had when it came to finances. Mm -hmm. And so when I, uh, you know, now we're a year in, in a, and we've, we've uh, spent all of our start, you know, our startup costs, we know what that was, we know how much money we put into the business already, we know what our projections have, have now met our goals, and, and we're seeing, you know, the light in the year number one being finished that, you know, the leap of faith and the risk that we took um, could have never been possible had we not had the security and the support and the financial understanding of prior to taking that leap. So, you know, for those that are out there and think, you know, I really want to be an entrepreneur, I want to start a business, I want to go out on my own, I want to leave corporate America. Uh, I would have never done it had we not had financial security, as well as you know, a fallback plan, a plan B, mm -hmm. uh, something else. You know, I'm fully employable again, mm -hmm. uh, so you know there was always that option. If, if this 100, what's, what happens if this fails 100? percent You know, what's the worst case scenario? Okay, well we potentially fail bankruptcy. You know, file bankruptcy. I go back to corporate America, get another job, and. You, you keep on going, you keep on living, right? So, you know, the risk that we were taking was just losing the assets we already grew. And so, the, you know, we really looked at minimizing, 
and, and taking a certain amount of you know, risk tolerance and making sure we can chew on that. And have the balance, right? And have that balance, 100%. I love that. Love and that. so I, I would just, you know, for someone that is, is looking to get you know, into business, save that penny, again, it goes back to just save and, and, and do it slowly and think through it and know your numbers. And um, you know, with Carmen, you know, going through the workshops is identifying who you are as an individual when it comes to money, um, and then being aware of it and making those adjustments. So you know, if you're looking to, um, you know, have that whatever that big goal might be, personally, is you got to make those adjustments uh, incrementally, uh, but one by being self-aware. And I think that's important. Chris so. has such a great story too of having the awareness to know where his risk tolerance is and what his plan B is, what's going on in his inner monologue, and how am I, if something were to fail, what would I do? Um, he said such a great job of that, and coaching can help us with that too, for those that and I, some assistance. I think when also, you, you, you want to write down the things that you love doing, mm -hmm. and never stop doing those. Never stop doing the things that you love doing. Uh, you know, we, we as a family love traveling, and this year as we're growing the business, obviously that is when put on the back burner. But you, 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 you know, every day we wake up and we're here on earth for a certain reason. And we have to make the best of each day to its, you know, uh, because we fully control, you know, how we feel inside and what we do to others and how we, are, we treat others and how, what we do to ourselves and how we treat ourselves. And if you can't wake up every day and enjoy what you do and enjoy who you who you're around and, and love the people that surround you every day, then you might want to second guess what you're doing. And so I, I really think that, you know, the, the finances sure help that. You know, having the stability, having stability, having the money and the access to be able to do what you love and love what you're doing and and do extracurricular things such such as traveling and, and you know, because you never know when tomorrow I, you know, I have a heart attack or or you know something happens where, where then you you're looking back and you're like I wish I did, and I think that's really the biggest reason why we took the leap because living a life to the fullest, right? Yeah, you know, just because I think we would have always looked back and said I wish we did. And now we, we can say we did, we have, and we're continuing to. Well, we appreciate you sharing your story. What questions do we have uh, from the audience? Can we give a round of applause for that. Come on. <laughs> What questions do we have from the audience? So I actually have a money management question. Um, so what apprehensions do you normally run into with money? When you sit down with them, So the question was, um, repeat that again. What apprehensions? What apprehensions do you have um, when it comes to millennials? Yeah. I heard this great talk from someone some, at some point about millennials, and um, the punchline of it was millennials are people too. <laughs> I, I was surprised also. <laughs> Which is to say that. Yes, know, we are. <laughs> Which is to say that I've had the joy and privilege of being able to work with lots of millennials and can actually say that it's been all over the board, right? So I have had millennials that have come up and said, I want to retire by the time I'm 35. I've had millennials come up and say, I want to have all the things. Um, I want a car and a house and a um, And I've had you know, everything in between. 
Um, apprehensions are, it's a human condition, not an age condition, right? So we tend to all have whatever they are. Um, some people show up just not feeling like they're worth, or they can take the risk, or that they're, um, that they're strong enough, or that they know enough. All of these things show up, and they show up for everyone regardless of age. Wow, I like that. That was a good punchline. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Yes. How important do you think it was that you went into this with your end in mind? In the sense of, of where, you, where I want to take the business and what, what, you know, knowing the fact that maybe in five, six, seven years I will want to sell this business and, and what does that look like and what is the next step in, my, in our future and, you know, a lot of times we talk about what's your year goal, what's your five-year goal, what's your 20-year goal, right? And so knowing those truly, you know, sets, uh, you know, the basis for what, you know, you're, you're lining up as a small business owner, what you're purchasing as a small business owner, because um, you're building an asset. Uh, and that asset, you know, how does it grow? What does, what does that look like in five years? Um, as long as you, you work at it and you build that base. Um, I found it very important. And, and that, that helps, you know, solidify the fact of the, uh, the blow brand. The fun quirkiness such as like the, the, the funny things you can say around blow. And, and um, you know, and make people laugh and, and you remember it. And it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it makes makes you proud to see it grow and, and meeting that goal that we're, we're kind of striving for in, in a certain amount of time. One of the things I heard from your life for, as your story was you had a vision of what you wanted your life to be like, mm -hmm. but maybe not an answer of what you wanted your business to be. Mm -hmm. And so when you went in to speak with your franchise broker, it sounded like you had a lot of clarity around what you wanted, what you wanted to create in your life, and your franchise broker really helped you find the match. That's what's the business that's going to help you achieve that. Yeah, and I think if if you talk to her, there there's certain people that come into this and say, "I want to own a Chick Fil A," or "I want to own a Dunkin' Donuts," without doing any research. You know, it's just it sounds fantastic. I, you know, we even looked at at buying you know. A multi-pack of, of certain brands and we're like I just want to do that I just want to <laughs> own that and you don't know anything more than that and I think when, when you bring in a broker that has the knowledge and the background and the support of making you know do that analysis and talk and learn and ask and and just grow in the process before you take that leap and purchase uh, you really do start looking at exactly you know, what are your goals uh, mm -hmm. over necessarily exactly what are you purchasing. Right. I love that. Anything else? No, we got one back in the middle. We gotta share, we gotta share the space. Did you, did you ever talk about money with your family? I know it seems like you're very savvy financially over your experiences. What about your um, great question. So my dad uh, recently retired a couple of years ago, and he was an executive at the FDIC. Uh, so uh, with uh, 
the FDIC is as kind of something that you know was our main source of income, a government job, uh, you know, surrounding about you know banking and auditing and 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 what you know how money matters, and my dad having a a very um, more of a socialistic mindset where he believed in savings and everyone being treated equal and having having a, always a backup plan and a, and some security and you know we, we taught you know he taught me a lot about money and and making sure that you know we were putting a lot of money into my 401k maxing out those and, and uh, you know and how to spend wisely but let me tell you when I quit my corporate job with a pension that was hard on him super hard you're doing what I mean it, it's you know I every year I'm getting older right I'm just, and it goes back to to making sure you make an impact in in uh, in your life you leave a legacy and I didn't feel I was leaving a legacy working for the company I was working for um, and I also not necessarily believed in everything that the company stood for and and now I can I can say I believe in what my company stands for what my my husband and I are building because I'm the one who's developing that we're the one who are developing that and as we show our financial stability in the company and ability to pay the bills and pay ourselves and pay our employees my dad is now starting to believe that my dad is 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 now you know, seeing that the risk that I that we took is paying dividends, wow. and you know, so yeah, we talk a lot about money, <laughs> uh, probably every day. Back there. So, great question. So that's a that's a very loaded question when it comes to finances uh, on a startup. So. If, if I was to give a word of advice when you're when you're starting a business, you know, obviously you have to have a certain um, amount of net worth, an amount of uh, cash flow, and a certain amount of cash on hand. Uh, always spend someone else's money, <laughs> right? So always recommend always spend someone else's money, and uh, and I think you know if you talk to our president, if you talk to people that have been successful in big business. Uh, it's, it's based off of how they've they've used other people's money to grow their their own business. Uh, my first location, uh, we do have an SBA loan. Um, I am very fluent in the SBA uh, realm, so if anyone would like to talk deeper in that, I can go into extreme uh, you know, conversations about how the government provides loans uh, to small businesses and. Uh, uh, like the service business we have. Um, there is also other options out there. Uh, our second location, we are using some of our 401k uh, to have the business, to start the business. Uh, again, using using money that is is, is tax-free. There's there's options out there to be able to do this. What they call that is, is uh, ROBS, um, and that is the ability to use your 401k uh, to help fund you your second business 
Um, it allows us to keep the cash that we have in hand, on hand uh, and, and use other, other means of, of funding. Um, is, is there a lot of options out there? Well, it, it all comes down to what your credit score is. It all comes down to how much uh, assets you have. Um, yeah, I can go on and on about the funding part, but that was, that was a really great question because it's, um, I, I can't say that, you know, not everyone needs half a million dollars to start a business. You can start a business with you know, $50,000 in assets, um, but then you have to really have a great support group and a great mentor and, and people that will help advise you correctly uh, on, on getting everything going and up and making the right choices when it comes to finances, especially when, with a business, a great accountant, um, great bookkeeper, great attorney. You know, surrounding, you know, we've surrounded ourselves with a lot, an entire base of people that are much more knowledgeable than I could ever be. I, 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 sh I can never say that I, I know everything. Uh, and it, that's, you know, very important to, to admit that you know, I could never know everything about anything. So it, we've surrounded ourselves with, again, a great franchise broker, a great attorney, uh, a great real estate agent, um, a great bookkeeper, a great accountant, um, you know, all of those type of things that we've built a team around because their success is my success and my success in, in turn is their success. Um, yeah? Great question. So the question was, I want to make sure I understood it, what, what are some of the significant issues that are plaguing millennials and what kind of solutions have they come up with? So one of the things for coaching is that is a premise is that I don't get to provide any advice because I don't have any advice to give. So we believe that our clients come to us whole, complete, and creative, able to solve their own, their own challenges. Um, one of, I think some of the things that show up a lot for me in general, for most people, millennials included, is fear around something, or fear or anxiety around something. And oftentimes we have difficulty naming what that is. Um, and sometimes it could be fear of disappointing someone. Um, millennials are often very, they're closer in age to um, you know, coming out of their parents' space and the beliefs that, they, that came out of that and wanting to not be a disappointment or anything like that. All of these things show up as fear. Their fear or anxiety is something that I don't understand but I think could be bad. Um, and we might talk through that. We might talk about how do we relanguage that into an enthusiasm or something that I'm excited about. If there is risk, if there's truly risk, what do we need to do to, to mitigate that risk? I think oftentimes with um, younger folks that, that we're seeing, um, they're just coming in and um, exploring and they're curious and I appreciate that, but they're really, sometimes it's the short-term goals that they're, that they're looking to establish a habit or a practice of, but they just haven't, they haven't had a lot of time to create practices yet. Um, and it's great to me that they're starting here and they're starting somewhere. 
Well, thank you guys very much for uh, sharing your story and your advice and uh, the audience and listening with this. This is another phenomenal opportunity uh, to have the partnership with Capital One Cafe, uh, to bring in a local entrepreneur to share their, their, their journey. And you know, something I'm really about is making sure we continue to have more dialogue around this um, and pairing this up with the conversation of the money coaching options that are available and how much of a great resource this is to allow individuals to understand where they're currently at and, and their limited beliefs. So again, I'm Ira Coleman. I'm the founder of Fluent Hustle. We're here on set at Capital One Cafe on Pearl Street in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you very much for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time.